Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. And welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Poole, man, spent three days in the duck woods. And I don't know, our buddy Shuttler, he give me he give me a lot of grief about it, man. He's you know, he's one of the guys that if anybody's gonna get cold, he's gonna get cold first. But I've I absolutely almost froze to death for three days in a row. <laughs> and you know, I don't know if if it's old age, I'm getting soft or or what it is, man, but it is it was some cold three days of hunting. Well now you still have lost some weight since last duck season. So do you think by dropping a few pounds, it has affected well, your durability there? Well, with my um, my regimen here lately, I, that didn't even cross my mind. But I don't think that's it. I think it's just, uh, I think I'm just, I'm just getting soft in my old age, man. Well, I hate to I tell know. you this, but it doesn't get any better. That's what I'm afraid of. Because I've got That's you by I'm about 10 years, and I promise that at 23, I was tougher than 33, and at 33, I was way tougher <laughs> than I am at 43. So, Well, Shedler, he, he blamed it on several other things that I won't mention, but he, um, anyway, I guess as far as the duck killing side of things, we, we had a, we had some, some decent days of hunting, nothing, you know, really to, to knock out, knock anything out of the park, but. You know, still grinding it out. Um, you know, having a good good hunt here and there, and you know, trying to trying to make the best of it. What about you? You you you've done a little bit of hunting, huh? Well, uh, this past weekend, I was able to take Hayden. Hey, yeah, I don't think we've talked about this on here. Lydia Grace got her first book. She got a nine. I point. saw that. I saw that. Did you see the video that I posted today of me putting a little blood on her since it was her first deer? She looks extremely excited about that. Well, her taking off running to go wash it off was <laughs> was part of what made that video awesome. Her nana cackling in the background was what really made that video awesome to me. Because yeah. nana doesn't yeah. normally get that tickled, but she was eating it up. She was loving that that baby had been successful. Because we've been trying for a while, and she's had several opportunities and just just wasn't quite comfortable you know, with her firearm yet, and she kept kind of making some excuses that, oh, he's not big enough or it won't be steel, you know, and you could tell she just didn't really want to to pull the trigger. And through a little bit more practicing and a little bit more coaching, she was like, I'm ready. And when that one walked out and she was with her papa, that's the other thing that made it extra special. I was a couple hundred yards down in another stand because we had two more teenage boys hunting. Right. The same property. And I was actually in a different stand kind of scouting and looking for some pigs. I was looking for something to see if I couldn't catch me one slipping. But when I heard them shoot, I text, and all I got from her was big buck down. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And Papa texted me, and he's like, dude, she drilled him. You know, perfect shot. She did good. He said, you know, all on her own. He said, I actually had to move out of the way that so she could get comfortable because she's been in the stand with him before. Right. And would come back and say, I got one. And it's like, really, what part of that did you do? She said, well, I had my finger on Papa's finger. There you go. Well, Papa <laughs> did all the sighting and the holding. Yeah. You know, but this one, she was the only one on the gun. She did her thing and she was pumped. And then now she wasn't pumped. Because I posted another picture of her helping me take the back straps out of the deer. Uh-huh. She wasn't that excited about it until yeah. she got a little bit comfortable with it. But you can tell in that picture, she's got a grip with that left hand on that back strap where she's pulling oh, it out yeah. a little bit and got the knife up her cutting down with it. And for a nine-year-old little girl, the Ucam does it, but Lydia's a little bit more timid sometimes on that type of stuff. But, dude, she jumped right in there. Her and Hayden were over, you know, they had it under control, and all I needed to do was, you know, sit back and watch. <laughs> Basically, she told me this time that it was my job to hold the lid on the ice chest while she did the the rest of it. So, now that that wasn't her first deer, it was just first buck. That was actually her first deer behind the gun by herself. Oh man, that's great. That's why she that's got awesome. bloody 
And then Luke got him a doe, which he didn't even bother to take a picture of it. He's like, Mr. Jake, it was, it was a doe. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> buddy, all I can tell you is it's going to make some good meat. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. And then, you know, Hayden and I went duck hunting in the Delta last weekend. We we got to hunt with Shedler and Gary Wayne and had right. a pretty good hunt. You know, it, it, public land hunting, had there not been a group right up the hole from us, I think we'd have had a, a lot better chance at them because it seemed like a lot of times every group we went to work, well, they either started trying to work one also or were shooting at something. So yeah, I heard, of, I heard a little bit about that hunt. A lot of missed opportunities, and and apparently they had some young dogs. Oh, that, that we got makes, to hear a makes lot the about. Woods interesting. Yeah, we got to hear a lot about that also. But uh, Hayden's, <laughs> you know, true to form, Hayden's waders had a hole in them, so he had water almost up to his knee within about an hour of us being there. But I'm telling you, that's got to be one of the toughest kids on the planet. He never complained. He just made the statement, "Mr. Jake, there's, there's a hole in this waiter too." You know that got that got brought up to me. I think it was on Monday. Monday was pretty, man. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say brutal, but it was to me for a while. That wind was blowing 15 miles an hour or so, and it had gotten down to the 30s after that front came through. And Shuttle reminded me, man, there's a 13 year old boy hunting me though. They had a hole in his waiter. He didn't complain nearly this much. <laughs> I just, uh, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I just didn't say much. I said, well, maybe me and him are on different levels. <laughs> I, look, I'm telling you, he's he's one of the most amazing kids I've ever met. You know, you, you've you seen him shoot, you know, oh, yeah. whether it's a bow or a shotgun. I know very few adults that can beat him. I mean, mm-hmm. and for a 13-year-old kid, I mean, he's just, he's phenomenal. He's a beast. And, you know, he never complains. He never gripes. I mean, I had him in Arkansas last year. We were up at Biomeda on a public land walk-in hunt, and it was a torrential flood come down. And, I mean, it was just, it was miserable. There was nothing yeah. flying. I mean, it's just raining cats and dogs. And I look over and see him shivering. I'm like, hey, bud, are you cold? He's like, Mr. Jake, I'm a little wet. Well, when I squeezed his jacket, <laughs> they don't make sponges that hold that much water. Oh. And I'm like, dude, you're soaking wet. And he's like, yes, sir. I guess this waterproof jacket isn't waterproof. And I'm like, here, take mine, please. And we finally got him swapped <laughs> out and got him a little bit warmer. But it was like, dude, if you're soaking wet, you're not doing me. I don't need you with the flute. Yeah. You know, let yeah. me know if, if your gears failed on you. So he has upgraded gear this year. And like I say, he never complains. Just, he never just needs an upgraded pair of waders. Yes, yes, very much so, and I think his mama told me the other day that that was in the works. So, and he it was a crying. Well, it was crying shame. We just made our bandit order. Oh, I know. Yeah, I told him. I, I said, if you'd have let me know, if if I'd have known this two weeks ago, we could have did something mm. a little special with that. But, yep. but other than that, we've just been scouting and filling up feeders. I, I topped the boss buck feeders off earlier today, and. Man, I'm telling you, them gravity feeders are, they're the way to go at my place. It, the the amount of hog sign that I've seen since I started using them has diminished tremendously. Now, we're still trapping and, you know, trying to get every one of them that we can. But by not having the, you know, having the corn or having protein out all over the ground where they can easily get to it. Right. They're just not staying in the area as much to me. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I, I used them to boss buck this year as well. And. I haven't been feeding, you know, I'm used to a, a spinner type feeder and I haven't been feeding quite the dozens of coons this year as I have in previous years using a spin type feeder. So it's helped me out a lot. Seems like I'm feeding more deer than, than anything. And I'll agree with you hundred percent. It's been a, it's been a much, much better way of feeding at my property than, than what I was used to. Well, apparently I had put such a hurting on the coon population at between mama's house and mine. I think I caught 18 there when I first got all into it. And then I haven't caught one in the last week or so. So I guess it's time to, guess it's time to move traps or kind of Cam had told me the other day that her and Lydia decided to go scout out of the playhouse on that 30 acre field at the house the other day. Mm -hmm. And they went with binoculars and range finders, but no firearm and sat in the playhouse. And they actually saw two coons down at the bottom of the field 
and they came running back like, Daddy, let's go get them. <laughs> we'll move the traps down there next week. We'll 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 get set up for them. I know I know they kind of travel through that area, but yeah, taking that many predators out has got to help the turkey population. So I was about to say, I guarantee it's going to carry over to your turkey population. And you know, may not see it that much the first year, but if we can keep it up, maybe by year two, year three, we can really start to see a right. big difference in it. So. Well, look, let's, yep. uh, we, we've hit you and me so much. Let's move on and let's get to our guest. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Who we got today, Jake? We have Miss Mary Linker from Linking the Chase. Miss Mary, are you there? I sure am. Hey, guys. Well, hey, Mary, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for being on with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Well, we apologize. We got a little long-winded there, but... Uh, <laughs> We, we try something to keep... we're really good at. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Miss Mary, you and I and you and I and Jeremy visited a little bit before the show. Show and you know I've kept up with you on Instagram for quite a while now. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Kind of kind of introduce yourself and let everybody know who yeah. you are. Yeah. Um. So my name is Mary Linker. Um. At linking the chase on Instagram. I don't have Facebook or anything, um, but I am nobody special. Um, I love to hunt. I love, um, that's kind of my passion, anything in the outdoors, hunting. And it's something that I didn't even get into until later in my life. Um, I didn't get into it until I met my husband. Um, he's big hunter, big into whitetail. And I had never hunted maybe like once or twice before that in my life. And I just didn't know anything about it. Um, and so I met him and he got me into it and man, I was just hooked. Um, I love it. And I, I think it's something that I'll do probably for the rest of my life. What do you think attracted you the most other than your husband Yeah. to make you decide that this is a passion? This is, you know, something I want to follow and pursue and really get into because, because going with a spouse is one thing, but actually getting mm -hmm. into it to where you're passionate about it is a whole different ball game. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, well, as far as like being outdoors, I've always loved that. Um, as a kid, I used to just go and like take walks in the woods by myself, go exploring, you know, go on adventures, stuff that kids do. Um, I used to do that all the time and I didn't, you know, know anything about deer hunting or anything like that. And so when I met my husband and he had that, that same passion, um, of just being outdoors, he's like, Hey, you know, like, why don't I take you hunting? And it was kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Um, because you know, the typical, I feel like as, as a girl, especially I had been hunting with my dad, I think maybe once or twice ever. And as a female, it's like you have kind of this negative outlook um, as like, I'm going to have to sit there and I'm going to have to be quiet and I can't use the bathroom and I'm going to be cold and it's not going to be fun. And so I feel like that's kind of like the viewpoint that a lot of women have. And so whenever I met him, he, I always say like he broke it down to like a kindergarten level and was like, really teaching me he didn't really care if we went out and we spooked deer like he wanted me to understand like everything about deer how they traveled why they got spooked and I remember the very first time he took me it was like such a breath of fresh air because he took me and he said listen if you get cold we're gonna leave and go home if you're hungry we're gonna leave and go home if you get bored let's leave and go home because I want this to be fun for you. And if you're not having fun, we're not going to do it. And I think he just really, he really wanted me to go come with him and he wanted to make it as fun as possible. And so I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. Like, you know, usually you're told to like sit down and shut up. So um, he took me and he has a family farm where he's hunted his whole life. So he knew where the deer were, where they like to bed and travel and eat. And so he took me to a spot specifically that he knew there was going to be deer. So he knew I would get action. He knew I would see stuff. Um, and it was like 
the best hunt ever. It was so cold outside. I was freezing my butt off, but it was like so fun because I actually understood. Um, he was telling me everything he knew and walking in the woods. It's like I had a whole new perspective. I had walked in the woods my whole life, but I didn't really recognize these sign of animals or whatever wildlife until he started showing me. So it just became something that was like interesting to me. And it was something that every time I went out, I learned something new. And I know I'm like long winded right now. I apologize, but that's no, kind of that's like the, the start of how it happened. Well, no, I, go ahead. Jim. I, I, I'll, uh, I'll kind of compare that to whenever I've, I've taken my oldest son. He, he doesn't like to get cold. So him going duck hunting, isn't really his thing, but I introduced him to it. I guess it was two years ago. We went on a youth hunt, and thank goodness it was, I guess, remotely warm, you know, for our duck season. It was, you know, maybe it's in the in the high 40s, low 50s that morning, and it lasted a decent little while, but I, I was trying to, you know, like you say, educate him. Why are we here? What are we looking for? And this, that, and the other. And then the second time, you know, a little bit more of, you know, interest came into it. And then the last time we went hunting was, it, it, it was it was going to be I felt like one of his best hunts he's ever been on. The place we went to hunt, it was I knew it was gonna be a lot of ducks there, but unfortunately it was probably 29, 30 degrees that morning, and it didn't work out because I knew he was gonna get cold so quick. And I told him I said, buddy, you know if you get cold, let me know. We'll we'll pack up and leave. But I guess I had instilled just enough of the things that I tried to. It was, he held on for about 20 minutes. And that shocked me because I never figured he would have done that. But he, um, it was just enough ducks flying, some things he was looking for that we had talked about to hold him on just a little while. And, but, you know, it ended up, ended up the cold overtook him. But, you know, he said, Daz, those, those ducks are doing kind of like he said they would, you know, call a little bit. They start, putting those wings down, they start coming our way and, you know, just, he started picking up a little bit more, a little bit more, made that probably would have been a five to 10 minute hunt into a 20 minute hunt, you know, just because he was looking for the things that we had talked about, you know. That's awesome. Well, see, where I was going to go with that is I'm not sure if we interviewed my wife, if she would speak as kindly about me as you just did about <laughs> your husband. <laughs> Now, oh, that's funny. when she and I, and Tiffany kind of had the same background. Her daddy was a big hunter. She had gone a few times, but never really got into it. When we started, I'm die hard. So I want to say one of the first hunts we went on was a turkey hunt. And I cover ground. So we walked several miles that first day, you know, plodding around. We'd hear one. We saw a few snakes, you know, we, we, we got close, we heard some hens. She was able to hear it and really, but we spent hours that day in the woods and I know good and well that she was probably ready to go, but she was nice enough that she, you know, held on for me. But there's one hunt I can think of in particular that I don't think we've ever talked about on the air that just about caused me to get divorced. There is a okay. really nice mount on my wall in my office of an axis in velvet that we were on a hunt. We were in a, a place out in West Texas where you could actually take turkeys or exotics at the time because exotics don't have a season. Well, we're out there looking for a turkey around the corner and there's a huge axis walking right towards us. Well, she had a rifle. We had a rifle and a shotgun. And it's like shooting, shooting. Well, she kneels down with the mesquite brush and stuff. She can't see over it. He turns broadside at 80 yards. She can't get a shot. I'm like, stand up up here and shoot the thing. She won't do it. She's comfortable kneeling down shooting. And at that time, she really wasn't that comfortable shooting in any way. Well, wound up at the end of the deal, I wound up shooting the deer. And I'm telling you, oh, that was a mad woman. That's the reason <laughs> it is mounted at my office. So it's not a constant reminder at home. So that conversation doesn't come up at the dinner table. Hey, you remember you remember that deer right there? <laughs> yeah, it still comes up. I like to bring it up quite often. You know, I like stirring things. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was one of those that when we pulled back up to talk to her daddy, and he was like, oh, that's awesome. Where did y'all get that one? And I went to telling the story, and she went to kicking rocks and just walked off. He looked at me, and he said, so what really happened? And I told him, he's like, boy, you lucky you're here. 
<laughs> like, oh, yeah, I figured I might get run off before we even got back up here. You know, it, it was, it was, and I didn't shoot it out from under. She got tired. We, we moved locations because it was going down a dry riverbed. And we moved location and tried again, and we lost sight. Actually, she had a really good chance and kneeled down again. And I'm like, look, stand up where you can hear me. Well, she told me I put too much pressure on her. And I'm like, he's at 40 yards broadside. you got to shoot him. <laughs> and she wouldn't do it. Well, then she got frustrated at me and went and put her stuff in the buggy. And I walked back around to where we had seen him last and stood up on a rock. Well, he had actually walked about 20 yards and laid down. He had actually, somebody, I guess from a neighboring ranch, had actually shot him and wounded him on the underside of his stomach. So he wasn't at full speed anyway. When she dropped her gear in the back of that buggy to announce that she was done with that hunt, he turns his head and looks at me, and I'm 20 yards from him standing on a rock in a wide open. It's like, all right, I've got to take him now or we'll never see him again. So when I took him, I won't say what was said, but I was not her number one person that day. Oh my gosh. So that's, that's why I say you, you told a way nicer story. And in my bride's first hunt, <laughs> she might've been nice towards me, but if we brought that hunt up, I know it would be some, uh, she, she would probably just stop and not even talk anymore. Oh gosh. And I mean, we've had <laughs> hunts like that. I mean, the more I've hunted, it's, it's mostly over. Like I hunted for a year before I had even shot my first deer. Um, and I was being so stubborn, freaking social media, you get on there and all you see is these mega Kansas whitetail, Iowa whitetail, and that's what I wanted. But I live in Arkansas, and so... But now y'all have some really good deer up there. Yeah, we, we do. We do have good deer, um, but they're they're pretty few and far between. Um, so, and it's it's kind of one of those areas that... You got to really watch because, you know, everybody and their dog will go shoot, you know, a little two and a half, three and a half year old deer. So it's like they just can't get big. And so I think well, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, when I when I shot my first deer, I actually was so mad at my husband. I cried because I had it in my head that I just wanted to kill a big buck for my first deer. I was being so stubborn. I hunted for a year. I saw multiple bucks like walk right under the stand 130 inch deer you know three and a half four and a half year old deer and I would not shoot them because I was like nope it's got to be bigger nope it's got to be bigger I was just being stubborn and um so my first buck we were actually going into one of our spots to check our trail cameras during season and you know we always take a weapon with us you know just in case and we were coming back out and this buck had popped out and I saw him before Cody even saw him. And he, I never said a word to him. I was like, oh, there's, there's a little buck right there. Just, you know, let's just keep going. And he, he sees him and he's like, holy crap, like, babe, you need to shoot that deer. And I was like, no, 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 he's way too small for my first buck. It was, it was like this argument. We probably argued for three good three minutes before finally I was like, fine. And I just threw up. I was carrying a crossbow at the time. And I shot him at almost 60 yards and dropped him. He had kind of ducked the string and I hit him in a, in a, in a bad shot on his neck and it dropped him instantly. And I remember just like bawling my eyes out because I was like, I, you knew I wanted a big deer for my first deer, you know, and he knows, you know, what a good deer is. And so we waited a while and he's like, okay, I'm going to let you go get him on your own. Like, I want you to experience this. So. He like let me go get him and find him and um I walked up to him and I was like it just instantly like oh my gosh like this steer is freaking amazing it's way better than I even <laughs> thought he was and he ended up being a mainframe 840 inch deer for my first deer and um wow. yeah I was I was so excited and I felt so bad afterwards, but I was so mad at him because I, I was like, you knew I wanted, you know, a 200 inch deer for my first deer. And he's like, you're going to have to like get over that expectation. Yeah, like you, that's not, that's not happening. Reality yeah, is know, going you to come to reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so, you're, we, you're making me feel bad about my four point first deer. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. He's like, you realize like, 
I killed a spike back in the day or a fork and horn and I thought I was doing something big like that's your first year he's like not a lot of people get that for their first year and so I kind of felt like a brat but we've had plenty of times in the woods where there's been argument about shoot that deer or don't shoot that deer and it's kind of funny well tell me this with your first beard deer that first first deer being such a good deer has that been a bar that's been hard to get over or have you been able to take one bigger or did you set the standard so high on the first one that it's like oh all right now now what do i do yeah and i think that's like one of the things he was worried about because he's like i've had so many buddies and friends who have gone out and killed a giant for their first deer and then they're like okay like i've killed a big deer i'm done and then they just don't ever hunt again um for me um, I've killed one other buck and he was bigger, um, for my second deer. And for me, it's just a matter. It's, it's not so much as I want to kill the, you know, the biggest, fattest deer, which of course everyone does. But for me, it's, I've learned a lot more about like, um, looking for, you know, the older mature bucks, the, the ones that, you know, you see these young bucks who have potential and it may be 140 inch deer, but he may only be three and a half, four, four and a half years old. Um, and just having, I'm like, Cody gets so aggravated with me because I'm like the opposite of trigger happy. I, I just, I will let them always walk. And, um, just cause I'm always wanting them to go another year, another year. And so that's something that I've like tried to get better at. Um, and I really like where we live on our farm. We run trail cameras and I, I love like learning the deer and watching them grow and like having history with them over the years. And I think it's something that I'm always just going to be um, going after the next one that I have history with or the most mature deer. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I, you know, I killed a big buck. I'm, I'm done. Like it's like it just makes me want it that much more. Well, see, my children are into backstrap, so the size of the horns on his head is really nice, but they like to eat deer meat. So we watch some, but if there's a chance to shoot a doe before we walk out of there, somebody's going to try to put one on the ground. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And we've got our freezer halfway full right now. We've been trying to tag out some does. Um, I wasn't... I know there's still time, but it's been kind of a rough year for me as far as big bucks go. I've had a lot of opportunities, and I've missed bucks, and it's been kind of rough. But we're kind of focusing more on does right now, fishing and filling our freezers. So So y'all are in the backstrap also? Yes, definitely. Can't go wrong. Now, (laughs) from keeping up with you on social media, Y'all also duck hunt. What else other than deer hunting do y'all get into? Or or what has really, you know, kind of attracted you to it to to make you start looking into other things? Yeah, so um, really all I've known the whole time that I've began my hunting journey is whitetail. And I think it'll always kind of be my main passion and what I really enjoy. Last year was the first year that I had ever been on a duck hunt. Um, I was invited with a group of girls to go on one. It was so much fun. I had never been before. So, and, you know, Cody's gone. So he was like, you know, trying to give me like a crash course before I went. Um, so I'm not like super knowledgeable in it, but it was so much fun. I've we've done dove hunting, duck hunting, goose hunting, um, predator. We do a lot of predator hunting. One thing I have never done is turkey hunt. I would love to do that. I still have not gotten a chance to do that yet. Well, you're not um, far from some of the really good hunting just north of you. And I, y'all may have really good turkey hunting where you're at, but I know right there in southwest Missouri and southeast Kansas is some really, really good knockout spots. Yeah, that's what I hear. So I'm hoping to go um, this next season. I, I really want to go. So we want to do turkey hunting. Um I was telling you guys earlier, we got into some Western big game um, the last couple years. Um, we have hunted elk before, mule deer, um, and we kind of just wanted to, I want to 
branch out to where I have an opportunity to hunt as many things as possible. Um, so we have like all these goals in mind for the future and putting in for draws and all of this stuff. Um, but the cool thing about like elk hunting is their rut is a lot earlier than the whitetail hunt. And so we could go, you know, bow hunting in the rut in early September for elk and then still have time to make it back for what, for right when whitetail season opens. So it's like hitting those seasons one after another as they, end and close and just kind of get into where you're just ending one and starting another. Well, I know a lot of our listeners have, you know, been on elk hunts and stuff, but you know, you're talking about bow hunting elk. That's not for the faint of heart. That's yeah, a very some, physical. Yeah, some, sorry, go ahead. That's a very physical hunt. I mean, yes, you're hiking. Um, it's something that I have actually, I haven't done it yet. We went um, and rifle hunted elk the first time, the first year. And it was, it was a difficult hunt. It was um, in Colorado on public land. And we did it for our one year anniversary. Um, we That's what we got married. About. We got married at like right in October in the middle of deer season. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you guys are crazy. But we did that specifically so that we could take a hunting trip every year to celebrate our anniversary. And so we hunted elk. It was extremely difficult. Um, Cody ended up getting pneumonia in the mountains and it was just, it was a hard hunt. And so we came back and we're like, we're going to focus on bow hunting earlier season. And then that way we can come back and hunt whitetail. And um, this year we like had planned for an entire year, got new bows um, and physically practicing or, and getting in shape and all this stuff for this. And our, our, trip got canceled at the last minute so that really sucked but um it's something that we have planned for next year now was that a covid or um it, just something yeah it, yeah it had to do with um covid and um my husband has a as a business a company and some stuff happened at work and he just couldn't leave and so we had to cancel our trip it was really sad but but i'm excited because um, we've like put in so much research and so much work and thought into it that we have all the gear now. And so we can just like get up and go next year. So that's awesome. There's nothing, the, the folks I know that do it and are that die, are die hard into it. My roommate in college is a big time public land elk hunter and he'll send me pictures each spring when I'm turkey hunting. He, he loves turkey hunt also, but he'll start, putting a 50 pound sack of corn in a rucksack and he's, he's hiking steps, mm. you know, and, and not five or 10 steps, you know, he, he's up the side of a levee going, just trying yep. to, to build up muscles and, and get in shape for it. And he's like, man, you want to go? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. That's, that's been part of our training is rucksacking and we live on a long dirt road and, on a, I say it's a mountain, it's in Arkansas, so it's not really a mountain, but a mountain for Arkansas. And so we'll just walk up and down our dirt road and the woods on our trail, just rucksacking, um, just mentally and physically trying to get there. And we're pretty avid gym members as well. So kind of a little bit of everything just to make sure we stay in shape. And now y'all got a young hunter at home too, don't you? We do. We have an eight-year-old son. Um, he loves it. He, this year, um, we took him out so many times and it, it was kind of reminded me of the story you told me earlier. I took him like beginning of the year bow season and we had him set up on a crossbow and we knew where some younger bucks were coming through. And we're like, you know, these would be really great first year for him. And it was so funny because we had a young buck come in within like 20 minutes of us sitting down and this buck came in from 100 yards away and we watched him walk in all the way up to 40 yards and that buck stood there broadside it felt like a freaking hour he probably stood there for like 45 seconds at least and Liam our son he was he got buck fever so bad he he just I can't find the pen I can't find the pen and I was trying to help him get on him. I'm like, shoot him, shoot him. And it was, 
it was one of those things. He was so upset. And I'm like, listen, it happens to everybody. Like, you know, it's just another learning lesson. It happens, it's happened to me so many times. Um, but it reminded me of your story you told me earlier about your wife. Look, the, the excitement, I still get excited on a doe. So, <laughs> you know, when you have a, a good mature deer and, and, and Jeremy and I've talked about this on here before, but seeing it through a child's eyes helps bring the passion back to me. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, you know, seeing what they see for the first time and you're like, ah, I remember that. Or, you know, hearing a thought that they have on something and go, well, you know, I never put that together. Um, you know, or never really yeah. put a lot of thought behind that, but, but their thought process and, you know, their, what attracts them and, and they want to go with you. They want to be involved with you, but them developing that love to mm-hmm. me is more, it, it's better than me doing it. I mean, I, I yeah. I'm the guide now. I, I, if I get, if I'm hunting on my own, you know, I'm the trigger man, but if not, I'm just the guide. I'm there to spot deer while they sleep or color or whatever it is they're doing in the play it yep. on the phone, you know, and I'm the one up being alert and then, you know, but when crunch time comes and it's down to, okay, here it is, you know, that's when you get to see them go into full mode. And, you know, my daughter, Kim, when she gets behind that scope, she's just, I mean, she's at one with it. It's amazing watching her get down on it and get ready. But, you know, each one's different. Um, mm-hmm. And their approach and address to different things is different. So, yep. You know, that's, Jeremy and I introduced a lot of kids. We usually do a kids event over here each year, which we weren't able to last year due to COVID. But, you know, we have a couple hundred kids at that event and try to have between 10 to 15 different organizations there. So, you know, if a kid doesn't really, if deer hunting's not their thing, maybe they like turkey hunting or duck hunting or hand grabbing or Mm -hmm. hog hunting or, oh, Lord, Jeremy, what am I missing? There's all sorts of other things that are there. Yeah. You know, it's just. Yeah, I uh, mean, just a little bit of everything in outdoors, no matter, you know, really what, what road you want to go down, just, you know, get, get out in the outdoors doing something. Yeah. Put the phone down and go outside. Put the, put the Wii down or the Nintendo DS or whatever. Put it down and go outside. Go enjoy some of the fresh air and sunshine. Exactly. And it's so rewarding. I find myself teaching him and explaining things to me that were the exact same things that were taught to me when I first started. And so it's kind of like seeing that full circle is so rewarding and seeing his eyes, like when it finally clicks, like, Oh, like that's why you do this or whatever. And and the only bad thing is he, he likes to check trail cameras with us and We'll go, hey, you know, what about that buck? Would you shoot that buck? And he's got the whole trophy hunter mentality. Oh. He'll be looking at a 10-point. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he'll shoot that nice one next year. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> so, created a monster. <laughs> so, like, it takes after mama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Well, I guess, Mary, maybe maybe stepping back in the timeline a little bit, but so your social media presence is pretty much how, you know, you got on the show here with us today, but how did that transpire into what it is today by, you know, your 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 hunting experiences with your husband and then being affiliated with what we totaled up eight or nine, you know, outdoor industry brands that, that you're affiliated with? How did that, how did that transpire into, into what you know, your quote unquote social status is today. Um, yeah, I, I'm not like super knowledgeable in this stuff. Um, but it's funny because I had hunted for a few years before I even started that page. Um, I had a a separate personal page that I had and I would never post any of my hunting things. Um, I don't really know why. I think a lot of it was fear of maybe, feeling like maybe I didn't know enough and I wasn't qualified to be posting about hunting because I followed all these other great hunters who had so much knowledge and, and it was kind of intimidating for me. And I remember talking to one of my good friends and, and she was just like, well, why not? Like, just, just start a page. Like it doesn't have to mean anything. Just post whatever you want. And, and you know, if it makes you happy, if you want to document your stuff, just do it. And 
So I did. And I am probably the worst person at documenting stuff. I've tried to get a lot better over the years. Um, I'll take a lot of pictures, but I won't ever post them and, and I won't take videos. And, but I had all of these like interactions that I was having while going hunting and all of these awesome stories. And I noticed that it was like so much more fun to tell someone a story about something when you have like a picture involved or a video involved. And so I started this page and, um, I really just wanted, I still, I just want to be authentic and, and just share, you know, kind of what I love to do. And if there's any way that I can help someone else out there who was just like me, who had never hunted before and they were too scared to, um, that's ultimately my goal. I can't tell you how many girls have reached out to me and said, thank you for posting this or thank you for giving me a tips on this. I'm so scared to like, this is why I don't go hunting is because all of these other people are out here who have know so much more than I do. And I'm too scared to start. And so that's kind of like how it started and how it developed. And um, as far as brands, I've reached out to, you know, many companies, I've had companies reach out to me and vice versa, just trying to, um, kind of like just engage more with, um, these people and, and try different products and see which, what works and the ones that I love and work for me, that's, you know, what, what I represent. So that's kind of like the history on how it got started. Well, you know, everybody that listens to this surely has figured this out by now, but ladies in the hunt industry is where it's growing to. There mm-hmm. are more ladies now out in the hunting, hunting industry than probably at any time in history. That's what I tell yeah. my girls all the time. You know, there's nothing that the boys do that y'all can't do. I mean, it's yep. just mindset, mind over matter, you know, just, just go get it done. And, and daddy's going to give you every tool that he can to help you, whether it's, you know, knowing how to load your weapon, how to clean it, how to adjust things, how to you know, clean an animal once you actually harvest one. Those are mm. things that you're going to be able to do. Some poor old boy is going to get stuck with you and figure out real quick he doesn't know as much as you do. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. We interview a lot of ladies that are in the industry, and we all, I always enjoy it, especially now that I have daughters, because it's like, okay, you know, there's there, there's not that stereotype is strong anymore and you know by the time they're they're older hopefully it's not there at all hardly but you know jeremy and i both we get tickled now we're we're not experts we we're very successful at what we do you know when we're out hunting but i don't think jeremy i think it'd be safe to say that neither one of us ever claimed to be an expert on any certain topic no yet but with social media, there's so many experts that right. probably don't even know how to get out of bed good in the morning. But on social right. media, they are studs. Yeah. And it, it always amazes me. You know, we, we follow a bunch of groups and there's some, you know, different things that, you know, as soon as somebody posts, I'm like, oh, this is somebody's fixing to get bashed here. You know, it, it's, you know, because if you're not using the right gun or the right shell or right whatever, you know, somebody's got something to bash it. You know, they don't like it. They hate it. You know, and it's like, look, folks, if it makes you happy and it works for you, go for it. If it's illegal, run with it. Uh, right. You know, I don't care if you use a crossbow, a regular bow, a long bow, whatever, you know, does it for you and you're successful with and you're comfortable with. Because that's the main thing is being comfortable with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if it works, right. go for it. And that's something that I've really, I've really become passionate about because, you know, I'm completely the same way. Like, you know, I know there's a lot of really avid bow hunters that will never touch a rifle and like to each their own, like, you know, whatever makes you happy, as long as it's ethical and legal and you're enjoying yourself, like do whatever works for you. But, you know, as a new hunter, if I would have had someone say, you know, me post something and someone say well like you're an idiot you know you're not using the right weapon or you're doing this wrong or whatever I think for me it would have immediately shut me down and I would have you know questioned my abilities and 
well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I won't be as good as this person. Nah, that's and just so, when you block them people and don't worry about them. Yeah, and, and so it's really important for me, um, especially for, you know, when I do have people reach out to me to answer their questions. Don't ever make anyone feel stupid because everyone has to start somewhere. And, you know, you may have a young kid or a wife somewhere that really wants to go with her husband, but she's afraid that, you know, she's going to look stupid or whatever, whatever the case may be, you know, it's, it's hand in hand for men and women both. Um, but I just, I think the hunting community, um, I think there's a lot of really, really great people in the hunting community that are like super helpful and knowledgeable and would help you, you know, in a heartbeat. But I also think there's like, you know, another side that is judgmental about people. And I just want to try to do my best to, to be a positive influence and, never be on that side of it because I completely agree with you, you know, to each their own. Well, I've told Jeremy this before and, and I'm sure you'll, you'll understand this, but when we first started doing our podcast, you know, we were like, well, are we really doing any good? Are we really, some of my kids on our football team, peewee football team that I was coaching at the time came up and they were like, coach, I heard your podcast, man, that was cool. There was, it's like, all right, we're doing something right. If we have those minds and every one of those kids, for the most part, have grown up hunting. And if they found Mm -hmm. something cool about it or enjoyed the person we talked to and had taken the time to listen to coach and Mr. Jeremy talk, then we were doing something right. So if, and that's why we always tell our guests, you know, hey, keep it clean. We, We have a lot of, you know, younger people that like to listen to it and it's, Right. You know, we, we want to, we, we don't want to deter them at all, you know, and there's right. shows out there where they come out and they, you know, they throw every bomb they can. And it's like, nope, that's not us. We, we may not be quite as successful, you know, may not be listened to or downloaded quite as much, but you know, the, the quality that we can put out in people's stories like yours, where, you know, there may be a lady listening or, or a non-hunter listening today that goes, well, you know what, if she was willing to try it, I'll try it. Right. That's a win. That's a W in the college books for me. Yeah. If you can help, if you can impact even just one person, you know, that makes all the difference in the world because that person, you know, may tell three of their friends and then those friends may tell one of theirs. And, you know, just, just impacting one person alone for me is, is very rewarding. Well, and you said something earlier that, that I wanted to follow back to you said your first duck hunting trip last year was with a group of other ladies. Mm-hmm. Now, was that something that y'all set up through social media or were these people that you knew earlier or, you know, already had relationships or friendships with, or how did um, that come yeah. about? The, the girl that invited me, I had met her one time before. Um, and I knew of her from social media initially. Um, and all of the other girls, I didn't know who they were. Um, I had seen them on social media, but I had, I had never met any of them. So that was really cool getting to like, you know, meet someone that you see online in person and see how they are in real life. You never know, um, how people are, you know, how they portray themselves versus how they're in real life. And that was really cool to get to meet those people and build some really, um, impacting friendships. And I'm guessing that through that hunt, through that experience, y'all have continued those, those relationships just got stronger. Yes. Yes, definitely. And it's led, led me to, you know, um, social media in general has led me to so many friendships that I never would have made outside of Instagram. I, I don't have any friends here in Arkansas that go hunting with me. And so to be able to relate with someone who is halfway across the country or, um, wherever and talk to them on Instagram or text or call or whatever. Um, it's really cool just to have like a relationship form out of something. Um, social media can be good and bad, but that's one of the, the great positives that I really enjoy. Well, I know Jeremy and I both have, you know, we've, we've met people on social media that we never would have met any other way. And we're also able to keep up with people existing friends or old friends that you don't so i mean you know social media has its wonderful wonderful uses and then you know it has some negative 
stuff to, but for the most part, you know, and I've learned a lot, you know, some of the pages that we follow, you know, I'm reading along, following something and go, hmm, okay, I never thought about that. Okay, putting that together with that, I can see where that would be, you know, may give me a little edge or an advantage and kind of like, you know, and I don't watch them as much as I used to, but like growing up watching hunting shows, you know, you watched it because they always had the big bucks or they always had the big turkeys or the big fish or whatever. You know, if you watch Bill Dance, you got to see all kind of neat things that he did. You know, how he flipped a jig or how he set a pole or, you know, him setting a hook or something he said. But, you know, you can do that now on social media also. You can follow along. And there's pages out there that are, you know, not as as educational. But there's still some out there, some different pages and forum type things that, you know, you can really pick up a lot of information that helps you be more successful when you're out. Or may attract you to something that maybe you hadn't got into before. Yeah, I completely agree. I know there's been so many times I've been, you know, just casually scrolling through Instagram and it's like, I'll learn something new almost every time or um, see something that, oh, that, that looks really cool. I want to try that. So I, I agree. Well, I don't know if we've lost Jeremy here. Jeremy, you still there, bud? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm in. I'm just soaking it all in. <laughs> just listening. <laughs> I am. I am. Well, before we, I know we're getting kind of kind of on the end of the end of the show. But Mary, what are some of the brands that you are now? I know we discussed some of them there on before we started recording. But what are some of the brands you are affiliating and representing these days? Um. Yeah, a couple of them. Um, Luke is one of the newest ones that I picked up. Um, really cool company, um, based out of Italy. Um, Yeti, Mountain Ops, um, we're, like I said earlier, we're big into working out and fitness and it's for a lot of great stuff. Um, and then Onyx, um, of course, I don't go anywhere without my Onyx. I use it every day, um, hunting and looking at property lines and public lands and, um, Sitka, um, I have a few others, but those are those are the some of the main ones that I use almost daily. So if you're gonna if you're gonna put them on your link tree, then that that's gonna be a brand that's quality to you, or they have some features that make you help make you successful in the in the in the hunting world. Yes, most definitely. I I would never promote anything that I wouldn't use myself. So um, all of the stuff that I have on there is stuff that I personally use. That's awesome. Well, Jimmy, we are running down to time. Yeah, we are, Mary. And, and tell everyone how they can, you know, look you up and, and follow you and, and, you know, see all your hunting adventures and everything like we have. Yeah, definitely. I'm on Instagram at Linking the Chase. Um, I don't really have any other social media, but um, that's where you can find me. All right, Mary. Well, look, we enjoyed it. We're out of time for this show, but everybody... We hope all of you have a Merry Christmas. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. God bless. God bless. Thanks, y'all. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on. 